Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, there were two closeout games in the Western Conference playoffs last night, and both teams closed it out. The Denver Nuggets rally in the fourth quarter and beat the Portland Trail Blazers, and they are moving on to the second round. Got to give the Nuggets some serious credit there for winning without Jamal Murray. They didn't plummet in the standings. They win a first-round series. They are now off to the second round to play the Phoenix Suns, who closed out the Lakers. Tremendous start from Devin Booker. 33 points at halftime. Finished with 47 in the game. He had a massive, massive game, and he came up big when his team really needed him. But obviously the big storyline is that Anthony Davis tried to play, which I found surprising. Only went five minutes, couldn't play, which I didn't find surprising at all. Why did he even try? He wasn't healthy. It's a desperate situation. It's a season finale. There are parallels to Donovan Mitchell, but it isn't a perfect fit because Mitchell obviously was a game one, and you had the whole rest of the series, and the Jazz were favored, and they had plenty of time to come back, and, and they had a chance to win without him. And they didn't. But they did come back and win four straight with him. This, however, is an elimination game. And none of us thought there was any chance the Lakers were going to win without Anthony Davis. He had 34 points in each of their two wins. And he didn't score 34 points in the other four games combined. And they lost them all. They need Anthony Davis. They don't have that many options. Uh, They're set up in an interesting situation salary cap-wise. Maybe we can get into this later this morning. But they got like half a dozen free agents. You know, role guys. uh, Caruso's a free agent. Wesley Matthews is a free agent. uh, Montrez Harrell's a free agent. You can kind of go down the list. But they've also got like over $100 million, I think $110 million committed because LeBron's making more than $40 million next year, and Anthony Davis has a massive contract, and Kyle Kuzma signed for $13 million. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is up. He's at $15 million. He's in that group of six free agents. So it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do, who they bring back. they got a lot of money committed. Um, what's LeBron going to look like? You know, Anthony Davis should get healthy, and then he'll probably get hurt again because he seems to. Uh, Barkley on TNT just called out his offseason conditioning. Man, you're still pretty young. This should not be happening to you. What are you doing? This should not be happening to you. Uh, You know, for LeBron, obviously the ankle's an issue. Obviously advancing age is an issue. And a perfect topic for pundits, sports talk radio, the Twitter sphere, uh, any talking heads anywhere. You know, how much a LeBron's problems right now are age-related, and that Father Time is starting to win here, and he's slipping, and how much are ankle-related? I think you got to go 70 or 80% ankle. They were scaring the daylights, everybody, and were right up there near the top of the league when he hurt his ankle against Atlanta. And it's not that AD didn't have injury concerns, because he did, and he was already down with the calf and all of that. Um, I guess the other thing is that regardless of where LeBron is now, you know, where will he be in another year? How much will Father Time, even if Father Time hasn't claimed victory now, how much will he claim, you know, if it was more ankle than Father Time now, how much will just advancing age be a problem next year? Because I realized I didn't want to say Father Time like 72 times in this segment. Um, So all interesting questions for the Lakers. Uh, No for sure answers now, so it's great to debate this. What are they going to do with the roster? Because they do have a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes for them. And taken off, and they got a lot of money committed. So where are they going? In the meantime, we know where the Phoenix Suns are going. They're going to the second round. 
and they're going to play the Nuggets, and somebody's getting to the conference final. And the Jazz wait for the winner of tonight's game. Uh, if it's the Mavericks, then the Jazz get the Mavericks. If the Clippers win, then the Jazz hit reset and wait for Game 7, which I suppose would be Sunday afternoon at 1.30. And the Mavericks will play the Clippers to see who advances. But the Jazz are waiting for the winner of this series tonight. There's only one game tonight uh, because there were so many games closed out Wednesday, so many series closed out Wednesday. Uh, just going to have the one game in the West uh, tonight. The Eastern teams all get time off, and uh, their second-round series with Atlanta and Philly will open on Sunday. So no games in the East tonight, one game in the West, the only game, 7 o'clock tonight, ESPN, and we'll see uh, what happens in Game 6 with the Clippers and the Mavericks in Dallas. Home team still hasn't won in this series. Home team's 0-5. If Dallas wins at home, they win the series. So... That's that. Uh, we'll see if we get a more competitive game than we got uh, with the Laker game. The, the Nugget game was good. And the Nuggets come back, and, and the Joker is all of that. I mean, you just it's, – it's remarkable what they've pulled off and how good he has been. And now we'll see how much more he's got in him. And it'll be a real test, I think, for, um, for Aiton now. Um, you know he's he's definitely made a step forward and he's gotten better and getting a playoff test and you know they don't have the playoff experience Chris Paul does and Crowder does uh, but a lot of guys on that team don't and Aiton doesn't and the Nuggets are trying to get back to the Conference Final for the second year in a row and it, it's refreshing for the Nuggets I mean of all the people who want to see the Lakers eliminated the Nuggets have been to four Conference Finals and the last three times they've been they've lost to the Lakers dating back to the eighties yeah. They're pretty happy to see the Lakers gone. Get out. We're tired of you. So, we'll see what happens with the Nuggets and the Suns in the next round. And we'll see what happens with the Jazz coming up. we got Craig Bullerjack on the way. And we've also got Joe Ingles, so stay with us for that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack joining us late in yesterday's show. Here's PK and I's conversation with the TV voice of the Utah Jazz. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Premier Wave. You've heard about acoustic wave therapy for ED and how it's an effective treatment to help nearly all men. There's now a physician-owned clinic here in Salt Lake. Learn how Premier Wave is unique by visiting premierwave.com for more information and to learn about Premier Wave's special offer. Time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz Bowler. Good morning. Hey, David James. DK. Hello. Bowler, you once dropped a legendary quote that I think is hilarious, and I hesitate to bring it up because I, I brought it before and you seem slightly embarrassed by it. But I'll I think it's so it fitting, I'm just going to risk it, Bowler. And if I'll you freeze it. me out and don't take my calls for the next year, I'll just deal with it. Okay. All right. You were doing the NCAA tournament up in Boise, and right. Gordon Monson followed you, and he wrote a profile on you and what it's like, right? And you ended up with four games in a row that all went down to the buzzer. Yeah, and at some point in the third or fourth game, you turned around and told him your underwear was soaking wet. Now, <laughs> A, hilarious, B, too much information, C, four straight games in that hot, sweaty gym, I totally believe it. There you uh, go. 
D, I wondered if that happened to you during Game 5 of the Jazz because <laughs> you were out of your mind. Donovan Mitchell was blowing your mind. He was blowing Matt Harpering's mind. He was blowing Alema Harrington's mind. Right on down the line, blowing Thurl's mind. I mean, he was just nonstop. Oh. He blew everybody's mind, right, last night in the building. Uh, and to get to your point, yeah, I was sweating pretty good in Boise, and I was uh, sweating a bit last night. It was a little hot outside, by the way, and it kind of transferred into the building. But that's one of the most incredible performances I, I have witnessed. Uh, and shots that were Steph Curry-like uh, with crowds and hands and face and short shot clocks, uh, Donovan Mitchell – showed us why he's reached another level, in my opinion. And playoffs, everyone will tell you, every analyst I've run across, say when you hit the postseason, that's when you step to the next level, and Donovan has reached that. Uh, I guess that would equate into from star status or all-star status to a superstar status. Um, I saw some incredible things last night, and – you know, there's a lot of arguments whether or not the Jazz dominated the the Memphis Grizzlies. Look, they're a good young team with a lot of a lot of work to do, but some pieces they need off the bench uh, because the Jazz bench dominated really throughout the series. But uh, they've got a couple of uh, players that that are the real deal as well. But look, the Jazz dominated Memphis most of the series, obviously except for Game One. There were some leads, massive leads that were lost. Look, you know, last night you build a 35-point lead and you win by 16. So it kind of takes away that argument a bit. But, yeah, they dominated most of the series. And uh, last night, the first half, I mean, I'm looking at my scorecard and I, I really almost ran out of ink in the first half with Donovan. But, you know, you score 75 or 47 in the first quarter. That, to me, equates to domination. And they, they did dominate Memphis. So was your mind blown? <laughs> yeah, I think at times I just was going, you know, Matt and I looked at each other across our little plexiglass barrier like, gosh, you know, you, you give a kind of verbal cues. You guys do that, right? Like, I'm looking over like, really? really? Well, yeah, he flips me off, though. That's like <laughs> nonstop. Nonstop flip? Okay. I've given Don't him me- the bird twice during this interview already. <laughs> <laughs> she blew my nose and then she blew my mind. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if Donovan <laughs> blew his nose, but he blew my mind. Uh, yeah, no, maybe he did. He had allergy issues, right? Didn't he yeah. say the post game? That's yeah, what he been, said, yeah. He had a lot of allergy problems, man. But said no, he was up on the hour when, every hour. <laughs> right. Maybe sometimes when you're uh, not feeling your best, you play some of your best basketball. But uh, Donovan did it all. Um I think what's also impressive is in this series, he also rebounded and had, you know, assists. I mean, he got his teammates involved. Look, 30 and 10, along with six rebounds and 30 minutes of play. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. But that that tells me a lot about who he is and how he's worked through this year. Uh, I said last night on the broadcast, this team has gone through more trial and, you know, turbulation uh, than any team I can think of, uh, you know, recently, you know, starting in Oklahoma City and then the alleged Rudy Donovan flare-up, the bubble, you lose the 3-1 lead, uh, you know, Jerry Sloan passes, Dougie Burrell passes away, their longtime masseuse, uh, we lose Mark Eaton uh, this past week, you know, the t- plane trip to Memphis, 
and the flock of birds. I mean, this this has been mentally challenging. Uh, and if there's a team that's prepared for a long run, I keep thinking it's the Utah Jazz. And they've grown together, and they've you know witnessed and been through all this together. And they made a very strong decision that Donovan stated strongly last year in the bubble, never again. And you know his prediction held true, right? His statement held yeah. true. They're on to round two, and we'll see who they who they play, whether it's Dallas or, or the LA Clippers. Well, I believe that Mitchell is going to fail miserably in the second round, and he doesn't have enough talent to do what he did. And this was just a fluke, and he's really not that good. So, could you please deliver that message to him? Oh, sure. I, uh, I. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how that's setting now with a few of the critics. Um, yeah. you know, look, hey, Donovan, if he uses his motivation, so be it. I mean, criticism right. is um, cl- clearly is he used the Dylan Brooks fun. thing as in yeah. as a, something to get him fired up. What was he doing? Wasn't he holding up fingers? You know, that's three. That's yeah. four. The other game, you know, the yeah. Fouls. Yeah, Brooks had struggles. Look, he's uh, Brooks can score and do his own thing too, but Donovan has a way of um, maybe getting into a few of these guys' heads. He's learned that maybe from Joe Ingles, who uh, is up next. Tell Joe to keep shooting the ball, will you? Just let him just keep shooting the ball. He'll be fine. Craig Jack joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz knocking out the Grizzlies. So... Quinn always likes to have something, and I think all coaches do, really. You know, hey, you did this well, you did this well. Here's something we really got to work on. I don't know that he has that right now. Now, maybe he can go, once he knows who the opponent is, he can go back and look at the regular season games and say, well, we didn't do this well against him. And obviously, they're going to emphasize this because they know that. They got the film, too. But what's he got to hang his hat on right now? It went so well. Well, I think he still wants some more offensive rebounds, even though that did improve in the last couple of games. And I'm still thinking that the Jazz turned the ball over too much and teams take advantage and score off the turnovers. I mean, I'm just looking last night, 18 points off 15 turnovers. You know, teams like Memphis who run uh, and they can break and run run away from you. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to allow, allow that whether it's Luka Doncic or Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, whoever it may be in round two. But I still think you've got to take care, the, as he calls them, the lazy pass. If you're going to pass, be precise and throw it with intention, with authority, uh, like the one that Royce threw. Or excuse me, Donovan threw to Royce on a string last night. Look, that ball could have been picked off. It whizzed through traffic. But Donovan made the decision to deliver the pass, and it was it was a beautiful play. But a lot of times, uh, we see the Jazz get a little lax, and I think you still have to keep the, the I mean the ball on a string. If you're going to make the pass, make sure you want to get it there, not lazily lay it out there. And teams understand all teams. Jazz understand passing lanes, right? So you have to just make smart decisions, and then if you do turn it over try to pedal back as fast as you can on defense. But when the Jazz struggle, it's usually turnovers and teams are able to score off those giveaways. So that's the one thing maybe he can hang his hat on. I'm just thinking out loud and and grab more offensive rebounds, second chance point opportunities for the Jazz. That's where I'd go. Do you have a preference? Do you think either team as far as who would be at advantage, disadvantage in the second round as an opponent? PK, I'd say let's kick this one around a little bit because I'm not sure. What do you guys see? I, I don't know if the chemistry is right in L.A. 
I, I just didn't think it last summer when Paul George said we really didn't come in here to try to win a championship, and my mouth kind of hit the ground a bit because that's why they brought him in, right, to yeah. team up with Kawhi to make that happen. I'm not sure. I'm just not – I don't don't know if the chemistry's right uh, with the Clippers. Dallas is a but, – but, again, talented. You know, when they're on, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are a dynamic duo – and they can score in bunches like they did last night—a late what nine zero run to to force a, you know, to to force some doubt and who was going to win that game. Um, I tell you, Luca, I've never believed that one guy can beat you in a seven-game series, but the guy is uber talented and can do it all—rebound, assists, and points. And then you got Porzingis if he stays healthy. So you know, look, the Jazz are going to have to go through. Potentially one of those two teams, obviously, and then the Western Conference Final. Um, you know, who who could that be? Phoenix, but you know, if, Paul, if uh, Chris Paul gets healthy with the shoulder, uh, man, it's still a long road right to the top. Um, I'm thinking Dallas in my head, only because uh, Kawhi Leonard has championship experience, and uh, I think Dallas is still growing like the Jazz, so. I could see Dallas beating the Clippers and making round two the Mavs and the Jazz. Kind of rhymes. <laughs> right? Okay. PK, I mean, PK's uh, preference all along has been central time zone teams because it avoids 8.30 starts. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't want to stay up till 11.30 watching post game when he's got to do morning radio. Yeah. So What's this stuff, man? Why am I up till 11.30 watching a ball game, right? I've got to be at the office by 6. Yeah, Come I on. can handle 10.30, but 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that extra hour, PK, is important to you. I oh, know. No it. question. Too. Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. The Clippers. I mean, you got, are you guys picking Dallas? I think you you're. I think Clippers? you're. I think you're spot on. There's three things to look at. One is, I think the Clippers have the more talented roster. I think the Clippers have the better playoff experience. I think that's not debatable. But right. the Clippers, there is something wrong. There's some chemistry issue. There's something going on there that if a team really puts them under pressure, you can get them to crack. The Nuggets did it last year. The Mavs might be doing it right in front of our eyes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It's just so weird to watch. There's something off. The Clippers shouldn't have been the four seed. I realize they played their way into the four seed, but they, they shouldn't have been the three seed that chose to play their way into the four seat, you know. So there's there's that. I, I think you're right about Dallas. I think you want the team with less talent. I think the Jazz should be favored over either team. I think they also can lose either team. There's no there's no slam dunk easy way out here. You know, either one of these teams could beat them. But I don't think that the Jazz have any reason to really. You know, I don't know, scared. I don't know how you get scared in a basketball playoff. That doesn't seem the right word. But you know what I mean? There shouldn't be any intimidation or scare factor there. It's, right, they've right. gone into series where there just didn't appear to be a path to victory, right? When they played the Warriors, uh, when they played the Rockets in the second round, they just didn't look like there was a chance they were going to win that. I, I think they're... I think they can be favored. Well, I think they would be favored over Dallas and could be over the Clips. And even if they're not, that's, I think, because people just underestimate. Yeah. Just when you think the Clippers have it together and get on a roll, it goes wrong. And it did in the regular season and it has in the playoffs. It's really confounding, I think, is the word we're looking for. Well, you're saying, you know, favorites. I think the Jazz would be a heavier favorite against Dallas and maybe Clippers would come in just because of uh, the Kawhi factor and Paul George maybe – 
you know, a one-point type of spread favorite if you're looking at the Vegas odds. One thing we haven't talked about is the health of Mike Conley. I mean, upset that he, you know, walked off the floor last night. Indication was he felt like it wasn't as bad as his last <clears throat> um, hamstring issue. And that's just, that's, that's to me is disappointing during this run. Look, the Jazz are deep, and that's the, that's, that's the key word to all this. Um, and I'm sure Joe can speak to it later on the Joe Ingles show um, after his fourth cup of cut, Joe. But, you know, Mike's going to look the MRI, have an MRI today. He'll be evaluated. I thought he was more upbeat and positive. He knows his body, and he could just probably feel it tightening, so that's why he walked off and went to the locker room. But look, look how – PK, look at the series he had against Memphis. I mean, look at the gut punches and the kidney you know, punches he took from Dylan Brooks and the headbutts and kept his cool and averaged, you know, 20 and 10. I mean, he's a big, he's a big piece of the puzzle right now. Yeah, Donovan can carry the load for a while, but if by chance – the series with Dallas and the Clippers extends to seven. It only benefits the Jazz and Mike Conley, right? With yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest. That's why I think it's important that the the Clippers win, no matter who they play, because I think that from the Conley perspective, he is your ultimate security blanket. Yeah, get the ball to Mike, and good stuff is going to happen. Uh, and it may not go with the bucket, may not go in, but it's going to be a. Good shot, or guess the shot, not the bucket, but the shot is going to be a good shot. It's going to be a good play. I mean, I don't recall watching him all the time in Memphis, obviously, but clearly right now he's playing the best as he has with the Jazz, and he is a major, major factor. And it would be a blow not to have him, so whatever it takes to get him healthy – that's what you do. So rather than, well, I'm worried about, do I would I prefer to play Dallas? Would I prefer to play the Clippers? I want it to see go seven, and then whatever happens, happens. Because if I have a healthy Conley, to me, that's the most important aspect going into round two. Yeah, totally agree. The way he's been able to score, shoot the three, and share the ball, and blend with Donovan's return after the, the game one, that Donovan was a late scratch uh, they didn't really miss much of a beat. They averaged, if I'm not mistaken, about, gosh, nearly, what, 50, 49 points in the series uh, with, in the backcourt. John Dylan Brooks were dynamic. They were like 55 or something. So it was really kind of an interesting battle with the two backcourts in that series. But you're right, PK. Uh, you've got to have Mike somewhere in that series return in round two. And the longer the the Clippers and Dallas battle, the more tired they become, and the more rested and healed uh, Mike Conley becomes. I hope it's hope the MRI shows nothing, and it just goes through treatment and it's a little bit of time to get him back on the floor. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. You're the man. You know what's weird? What we refer to Mitchell as a late scratch in game one, and that's a horse racing term. Mm-hmm. And he played at Louisville, <laughs> yeah. which is where Churchill Downs is. It, the parallels are so freaky. I like the ultimate security blanket with Conley. That was better. And I get why you like the horse but and the whole Mitchell's a thoroughbred, too. Yeah, Watch him play. Yeah. I like the ultimate security blanket better. And he's a triple crown winner. All right, now. Easy does it. <laughs> and... He's not taking drugs. I was going to say he's not Bob Baffert. Hey, right. oh. Bob Baffert oh. 
Craig. Of course, you know Bob Badford went to school, college at the University of Arizona, which they teach. They literally have a major at the University of Arizona in how to cheat. Is that a three-hour or six-hour credit course? Well, you only put in three hours, but you get credit for six because you're literally cheating while you're taking the class. Well done. Typical University of Arizona grad is a cheater. Wow. Who would have thought? From a sun devil. Yeah. Yeah. Obvious. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Well, all I can say is giddy up. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Nice. Well done. Way to leave on a high note, Costanza. Good work. Giddy up. There's Craig Bolderjack joining us late in yesterday's show. And after him, we spoke with Joe Ingles. And we'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is an early riser. He joins us every week here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. But he's not going to join us in the 6 a.m. hour. He's not that early a riser. Uh, but we love to replay his interviews for you. Everybody wants to hear from Joe, especially after the series is clinched, like Bowler in the previous segment. Uh, you may hear some last nights in that, but um, you get the point. Here is Joe Ingles with PK and I. This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bell! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. I know it's always a good morning when you're taking your kid to school and then uh, doing whatever you do with the rest of your day, but is it a little better when the playoff series win is in the back pocket? Oh, for sure. No, no doubt. Obviously, uh, the first part's very, very enjoyable, getting to take my, well, to take Jacob to school this morning. Uh, Unfortunately, Miller's on her summer break at the moment um, before she starts summer school. So, um, yeah, just dropped Jacob off and, um, yeah, very nice to win the series. Um, I guess kind of get ready for the next one. Obviously not not knowing who we're playing yet, but kind of start to think about the next round. Use this next couple of days until we know to, to get some rest and get some treatment and um, get ready for, for whatever, whoever we're going to be playing next. Joe, I want you to get me Donovan Mitchell's autograph because he's a bad, bad man. How fun was it to watch that? 
you cut out at the start of that, I heard bad, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. I want his autograph, oh, man, because yeah. this kid is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's. I've said it a few times, it's, it's just not surprising to me anymore, and it hasn't been for a very, very long time. Um, we. Uh, but he does. Like we see it on a daily basis at practice. You see the work he puts in. Um, I've talked about the film. Um, just, just all that, all those things to prepare and be as ready as possible. Um, and then obviously at the end of the day, he's also got that. Um, I don't know what you call it, X factor. Actually, to to go out there and do it. Like you can prepare and work as hard as you want, but. Um, Sometimes it doesn't translate, or not not all of it will translate. But he goes out there, and um, I mean, I know I know he's been great. I think the the best thing and the, the coolest part about how he's been playing is the the poise and the the reads off pick and roll. I think he he had that one turnover where he got blitzed, and I think he stepped on the line, or the ball went over the, the half court line. And apart from that, he, he's like they've played so many different styles of defense in this series against him um, whether it be dropping the big all the way back and like letting the guard kind of fight over and under whether it be, be blitz the, the big at the point of the screen switching um, I mean you name it they did it this series and um, yeah just to see his poise and his his reads against them is is second to none. So um, that was that was the coolest part for me. And um, I mean, yeah, it makes everyone else's job a lot easier when he's playing at the level that he's playing at. So I get a lot of what you're saying, and I agree. But I gotta say that last minute of the first half still stunned me. I mean, the look on his yeah. face, the way he was talking, he made you look like, you know, you, you, the stuff you say on the court is nothing. He was going at Dylan. <laughs> and I thought, honestly, I know everyone hates Dylan Brooks. I thought Dylan Brooks' defense on the shot with 48 seconds left, I thought he stayed with Donovan a long time. The replay showed Donovan yeah. trying to grab with the left hand. It'd be an offensive foul. It's like he's hooking him, sweeping him out of the way. I mean, I got to give Dylan Brooks a ton of credit. And Donovan still stuck that shot in his face. No, for sure. I mean, it was, I think that last one, myself and JC, or I can't remember who was on the court, were like wide open on the other side. It was just like, you could tell that Donovan gets in these like modes sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's like, it doesn't matter. He got five guys on him. And if you like, we all stand there very confident that he's going to score. Um, obviously, the, the, talk between him and Brooks was something that um, I think Brooks actually initiated a lot of it when Donovan was out that first game and um, Donovan wasn't going to let him uh, <laughs> kind of get the, the upper step and, um, and be the one walking away with a series or a game or anything so um, uh, like you said though, I think um, I know everyone hates Brooks but I mean the kid competes his ass off he, he plays extremely hard he's, he's obviously super talented um, I mean one of the things we talked about a lot I think the big I think he there was a stat that came up in one of our meetings that I think he led the league in fouls this year so obviously that's a big part of he fouled out in two or three of the games he had four or five in a couple of them he had three or four in the first half of one of them like that, that's the stuff that's obviously hurting him a little bit because he can't be out there as much as he, he his team needs him to be. So um, I know everyone hates him, but you've got to give him credit for 
regardless of the score of the series, he, he does play the same way. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Donovan. Um, I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you expect to do against Donovan when he's he's in that frame of mind and that aggressive and that confident. I'm always fascinated, Joe, on what motivates professional. NBA players who are already at the highest level and what gets them going beyond because I think just walking into the building should be a ton of motivation so from your perspective when you see trash talking or whatnot and you hear guys on whatever uh, radio show television well I'm going to pick the Grizzlies or I don't think the Jazz are this good or whatever how much does that actually motivate an individual to go out and maybe be a little bit better I mean (laughs) some of it's just funny Uh, I think some of it is you can clearly see in some instances people are literally just saying things for people to retweet or talk about or um, like there's, there's no, there's just no like facts in what they're saying. They're literally saying something about an individual or about a team, whether it be the Jazz aren't good or not going to win or whatever it may be, Joe sucks, Donovan Sullivan, whatever the the narrative behind it is um, and they're literally just saying it for the for the, the clicks or the retweets or the, the, the conversation like oh radio host X said this and they get their name in the media a little bit so some of it's just ridiculous um, some people uh, I think genuinely have debates with I don't know their guest or the, the co-host or whatever it is and make bring up good points or talk about interesting things um, I think the ones uh, I think there's certain people or, or shows or whatever you want to call it that you can read or see that you just like they're literally doing this for clicks and then some of it's like like I said you can tell that it's they're, they're genuinely having a debate about will the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Jazz or will they steal two games at home, like whatever the, the case is so some of it can motivate, like, I think individuals take it differently. Um, people could tell me I'm the best player in the world or the worst player in the world, and it's not going to affect me the way there's three or three people and a baby at home that are the ones that I, I play for and that I want to, to respect from and the, to, to make proud. Um, and there's a, a locker room and a coaching staff that, that the same same thing for, for and this is me I'm talking about myself personally so maybe Donovan reads something and does take it personally and then goes out there and wants to prove some, something wrong um, everyone is different for, for me it's my, my family and, and my teammates um, and coaching staff that kind of inner core of, of our, our jazz group um, if I'm doing what they need me to do and they know what I'm doing um, and I'm making them proud and doing um, what I need to do for us to win, then I'm going to sleep well at night. You can tweet to me whatever you want. It's, it's going to uh, be water if it dust back. So um, everyone takes it differently. It's just, uh, I don't know, like you said, some people use it as motivation. Some people disregard it and don't even kind of have a second thought about it. So when 
Donovan Mitchell is hitting these dramatic threes. Everybody can enjoy it and appreciate it. But there's a lot of little things that Quinn and the coaching staff ask out of you guys and in the scouting report and in practices. And you get deep in the series, you've probably heard it over and over. We hear some of it in the Zoom calls, and I, and I try to watch for it. I'm curious what the little things are that the coaches, whether it's the assistant you work with or whether it's Quinn, really appreciate. And I'll give you an example. One thing I saw, Valanciunas was uh, just a beast on the offensive boards early in the series. And I thought Rudy really tried to run him. And I think that's been a point of emphasis for a long time. And it's hard for the seven-foot guys to get up and down the court. But Rudy was in a full-in sprint a few times. Valanciunas was trying to keep up with him. I'm thinking, man, Valanciunas doesn't play at altitude. This has just got to kill him over the course of a game. And it probably makes him less of a factor on the backboards. We all appreciate Donovan going for 30, but what are some of the little things you did to win the series? Yeah, I think what you said at the start, it's the stuff we focus on as a team that we know can help us win games. And then there's stuff individually. Um, like as a, as a group, I think the, one of the – there's a couple of – Valentunas is kind of involved in both, really. The, the rebounding was something that, was something that we, we had focused on in um, obviously Rudy getting hits and the, and the guards getting hits because they were – they are a team that crash and they crash the boards and um, <laughs> the games that they were in the game and the games that they um, made a run and when we had those leads they were, were games that we had or, or they had offensive rebounds, 16-17 offensive rebounds or 6 in a quarter uh, or 4 or 5 in a 3 or 4 minute stretch they're the ones that um, where the games were close or they got the game back um, the turnovers, obviously, for us is something that we, we focused on a lot. Uh, we, we know we're going to turn the ball over at times because we move the ball. Um, but there's also the, the bad ones that, that get them out in transition. Um, and I think as, as individuals, there's different things that different guys do in, in different games, or in this case now, series. Um, I think, I mean, for, for me, it was quite obvious the last couple of games how bad I was playing and trying to get in a flow a little bit. And, it was like, all right, what can I do to help? Like, I can push the ball when I've got the ball and, like, get JC an, an easy touch or push it and, and pitch it to Donovan and get him downhill without him having to bring it up against pressure. Um, like, getting hits on the defensive end so Rudy's not down there fighting by himself. Whatever things we can do, I guess for me personally, but everybody's kind of in the same frame of mind. Um, like what, what can we do to, to make it easier for the teammate? What can we do to um, help on a possession, to, to help Rudy on a rebound? And, and ultimately, everybody's goal at the end is, is to win the game. So, yeah, I could miss every shot, but can I get out there and, and get, for me, like it's like with that second year, like get JC touches in the right spot, get Donovan some possessions where he doesn't have to bring the ball up every time or usually... Usually it's Mike, um, obviously more Donovan last night in the second half. Um, can I get Rudy a, a touch on a roll um, when they're playing a certain style of defense? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. And obviously the next series as a team, whoever we play will, will be different to what these ones are. There might be some some similarities that, that, that kind of roll over to the next series, but it will be different things, whether it be the, the, the Mavericks or the Clippers. Um, and then again, same thing individually. Like, what, what can we do 
as each individual to, to help our group and, again, ultimately um, win a game and, and win four games in a, in a series. So if shots aren't falling, and you've already acknowledged that they weren't falling for you in this series, uh, is it easy, hard to maintain confidence? Um, I mean, it's easy to maintain confidence because I know I put the work in. I know I shoot every day and I go and do this routine and I get extra shots up. But I know I'm doing the right things. Um, it's not like I missed a few shots and decided to sit on the couch and get drunk with a beer and pizza and try and like wipe my sorrows away. Um, I know I'm doing the, the, the right things in the process to, to, to make shots. Like I, I mean, some nights they, they go in, some nights they don't. And right. When they're not, like I said, I've got, I've got to find other ways to, to still be effective, to still help Donovan, Rudy, Mike, JC, all our, all our guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I mean, we've, talked about it a million times like I'm not going to force shots and um, if I've missed a few shots because I well, obviously I, I want to make shots I'm not, I'm not going out there to miss um, but I'm not going to force shots just to score just to make a couple three I'm not going to take bad shots to do that um, I think there's there's other ways I can impact the game and through some of those things I was I was saying before so um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely frustrating. It's not like I woke up this morning and was like, yes, I didn't make a shot. Like, this is awesome. Um, but I, I know I, I do the right things every day to put myself in a position to, to make those shots. And they're usually, like I said, the shots I take are the ones that I do practice. So, um, yeah, if only, if anything, stats and everyone looks up that, it just means I'm in for a, a little run here to, to yeah. make a string of a lot of shots in a row. And and then if you make a lot of shots in a row, I think the beer and pizza sounds pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll hold off that for a little while, but uh, no, it'll be, it'll be nice. Obviously, it's, I mean, it was it is frustrating. It's not like I, like I said, it's not like I, it, it was, it's like a, double-edged sword it's obviously I was extremely happy we won the series and um, we're able to do it especially the last couple of games with myself not not playing well or not up to, to my standard or what I believe I can do to, to help the group um, but we won the series and I won't swear like I was going to swear um, but we won the series and, and I know myself and, and obviously my teammates and stuff and the uh some of the bozos on Twitter. Um, everyone knows I can play play better. I know that um, first and foremost, and um, I'll make sure I, like I said, get get some rest, get some treatment, and, and get ready for this uh, for this next series whenever we start. So I saw some uh, headlines in the news about Australia this week and it made me think of you, Joe. I saw a thing about uh, Australians and can they travel and go on vacation or, as Aussies like to say, on holiday. And there's real strict uh, restrictions on leaving the country and coming back because of the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm curious, are you going to be able to go home this summer? Are there rules? Have you looked into that? Or is your wife looking into that? Uh, we've looked into it. It's actually... I laugh, but it's not funny at all. It's actually been it's actually been really tough on on both of us and our and our family, um, as you guys know. And, and probably we we do go home every summer um, usually. Uh, last the summer just gone, we obviously couldn't with COVID being as kind of hot as it was at that time. Um, and like you said, it's 
Australia had some, some fairly strict rules um, and still do to this day. The rules have not changed since um, since kind of COVID first kind of, I guess, blew up the way it did. Um, so it's actually been pretty tough on our, just kind of our, I guess, our little family here, um, not being Renee super close with her family, her parents, not being out of I'm not being able to obviously come over here. Um, I mean, they could come over here, but they're they're obviously older too, and and they're travelling, and they're not vaccinated. I think Australia's had like one or two percent vaccinated in the country because of how well they did do early on um, with kind of shutting it out and kind of shutting the country down to a certain extent, or at least people travelling into the country. Um, and obviously, yeah, like uh, like I said, we we haven't been able to go home either, so. It's been, I think it's just over two years now, give or take, of us seeing anyone that's close to us. Um, not even just for us, for, for the kids. Um, I mean, Jack's nearly seven months now. He's never met a family member. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been rough. Obviously, we, are, we understand why Australia has the rules they have because of, the, like, they're living normally in Australia. They're in a lockdown right now because of... I think like 20 cases or something, and they shut the. They're about to be 10 or 12 days into a, I think a 14 day lockdown um, over like 30 or 40 cases. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been tough, but we understand why they're doing and why they've got the rules, I guess, that they've got. But um, at the end of the day, it doesn't make it any easier not seeing anyone um, close to you for, for a couple of years. Well, here's to knocking down threes in the second round, Joe. We're behind you. Oh, I'm good, man. Uh, like I said, I, I know I put the work in. I know it's frustrating, obviously, for myself. It's probably frustrating for fans watching, being like, why doesn't he just make a shot? Like, <laughs> I've never once gone out there and like, I'm going to go 0 for 6 tonight or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating, but like I said, I'll... I'll use these few days to, to get right and get ready and rest up and um, put put in some work, obviously, and, um, yeah, get get ready for this next series. It, I mean, it can't get much worse than the last couple <laughs> of games, can it? So I can only go up. There you go. You're due. It's a baseball expression. Have Donovan explain it to you. I've heard he's kind of into baseball a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to win a lot of money on our bets, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd bring that up. All right, Joe, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Of course. Appreciate it, guys. All right, there's Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us.